Hello, and welcome to Midweek in the Word podcast, brought to you by Faith Bible in Lincoln, Nebraska. Every week, we strive to become better readers, hearers, and doers of God's Word. Look for us every Wednesday where you stream your podcasts. Here's our host, Faith Bible's Adult Ministries pastor, Brad Myers. Well, hello again. Welcome back to Midweek in the Word, listeners. Thanks so much for taking the time uh, to, to listen in on what this conversation, hopefully it's been an encouraging conversation for our listeners over the course of the last few weeks as we begin to move into the Old Testament. Um, this week, as you probably expect, we're continuing our new series, Bearing Witness, uh, from Christ's words, talking about how the Old Testament scriptures bear witness to Him, how they speak of Him, how everything in the Old Testament that we see points forward to Christ, as it establishes a lot of things for the Israelites, as we've been talking over the course of the last weeks as we've covered Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus. If you've been tuning in regularly, you know we're asking a number of questions each week. What is the occasion of the book? What's going on? How is that book organized? How should the book be read? What is the book trying to say? What is the message of the book? Where do we see Christ? That's a critical feature that we're asking each week. And lastly, what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to live? How does this impact our lives? Hopefully, you've enjoyed getting to listen in on Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus as we move into Numbers this week. We're really looking forward to the rest of this series, to having a number of different speakers and and teachers here in on the podcast, some guests. We'll have Tom back with us here in a few weeks. Um, But before we get into that, before we move on to our actual discussion on Numbers, uh, let me introduce our guest for this week. I'm back again for his fourth and final episode, at least in this first few books of the Old Testament, the Pentateuch, is Chuck Myers, a Faith Bible Church deacon and one of our adult teachers. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, Chuck. Thank you. It's good to be back, and anybody that's made it this far has has survived <laughs> all, all four, so I commend you on that. <laughs> you should get a, a medal of some sort. Absolutely. Especially if you've been reading through these books as we've been moving through them, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. I don't know where the math lies, but that's quite a few chapters to cover in a few weeks. It is. You've been covering these chapters. Hopefully our listeners have gotten the chance to read some of that. Hopefully it's been a helpful encouragement to them as well. Um, speaking of what we've been covering, this last Sunday, Tom was in Hebrews 8. He looked at the whole chapter of Hebrews 8 and where we saw the the example of the priestly ministry of Christ and what the significance of what that was to us. If you missed that message, let me just be reminding you, you can find him on our website, faithbiblelincoln.org. If you just hit that media button and go down to the sermons button, you can find any of those old sermons, whether Tom's in the pulpit or somebody else's. Also, if you want to search wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you find them, for Faith Bible Church, and you have to specify Lincoln, Nebraska. There's apparently a lot of Faith Bible Churches out there. Mm-hmm. So search for Faith Bible Church, Lincoln, Nebraska, and you can find our Sermons Feed podcast. It's got a black background, white letters. You can always tune in and catch up on any of those messages you may have missed, including Tom's message on Hebrews 8 here this last Sunday. Now, I've already mentioned we're moving through the Old Testament. Thus far, we've made it through Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus. We talked Three weeks ago, about this first discussion, Genesis kind of sets up the origins of mankind. It sets up the origins of the universe in the first few chapters, especially 1 through 11, and then establishes Abram and Abraham and Isaac, Jacob, the the patriarchs, and how this people became a people. They moved down to Egypt. Exodus picks up that story where it leaves off. Moses is trying to say, this is who you are. This is where your story has come from. This is how you were saved out of Egypt by God, and Exodus really talks about them being pulled out of Egypt and God establishing 
the, the civil laws for this people? How is this people going to operate? Now, last week in the book of Leviticus, we dug into the weeds just a bit, and we covered how the implications for the moral lives of the people. What does it mean for the people to live among a holy God, for this unclean, immoral group of people to be close enough to God to be wiped out, but they can't remain a people if he wipes them all out, you know, and that comes pretty close a few times, and we didn't really talk about that last week. It's true. Um, To that, we get into that a bit here in Numbers as we're going to move into that Mm -hmm. as well. That's Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus. This people has been established. This people has been given their moral code. Now it's time for our next Old Testament book, the book of Numbers. And this is another one of our popular skim-over books in addition to Leviticus. Long list of genealogies, a lot of laws, a lot of counting of the Israelites, which we struggle with and doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to us. Um, But there's also some essential details here. There's some fascinating narrative as we read through the book of numbers that may be less well known to our people. So let's see if we can't dive into this discussion here a little bit and pique their interest on the book of Numbers. What is the occasion? What is the situation of Numbers? We've already talked about Genesis and Leviticus, but is Numbers any different? It's it's narrative still. You know, it's still that main idea moving forward. But as we get into Numbers, they're actually leaving Mount Sinai. And they're headed for the promised land. They've only got a few miles to go at the beginning of the book. Everybody's excited. Here we go. We're entering the promised land. We'll be there in no time, there. right? We'll like, be <laughs> there in no time. And 40 years later, they get there. Yeah. Um, so obviously, something happens between the first chapter and the last chapter uh, to indicate that they didn't get things done <laughs> the way they were supposed to. Yeah. And, and so basically, numbers talks about that journey and why a a very relatively short trip turns into a a trip where all of the adults end up dying before they get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's fascinating in that way. Yeah, so Moses is a, still trying to catch the people up to speed. He's just trying to help still. them understand their history. What are the pieces that are involved in that? Very practically, that would have made a lot of sense. Like if you were going back through the records, you'd be like, okay, it's a few month trip from Egypt up here to the promised land. How did we lose what a generation happened? here? Like, <laughs> exactly. What in the world just took place? <laughs> right. What What's the deal with this whole deal? You'd have to understand a bit of the book of Numbers. You've got you to understand do. how that situation went down. Okay, so this is the occasion, very similar to Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus. Moses speaking to the people of Israel, trying to fill in the gaps here. So then as you get to the book of Numbers, it would seem appropriate to talk a little bit about the numbers of this, and that seems relevant to how the book is organized. How is this book of Numbers organized? What is the way the story is told? We can really think about it in in five parts. Um, there's, there's three main destinations that when they get to those various destinations, uh, they then have a period of time where, where there is a um, speech, uh, a words where Moses shares with them um, some things that they need to know. And so you've got the trip, destination, uh, speech, giving them information they need to go. We continue on the trip, get to another destination. Uh, they, they handle things there, start on the trip again, um, and finally we have a third destination. So mm-hmm. very easily um, or very lightly speaking, that's kind of where the, where the book is at. 
Um, and as they, as they make their way toward the promised land, those various destinations become very much a part of the book. Yeah, so it's the restroom breaks that resulted in the 40 years. That's probably not yeah, what we're talking about. Like, not, not probably quite, not, not the quite, point. But, <laughs> but they keep getting hung yes, up they, on the they trip, do. and that's going to be an important thing to yeah. note. So why, why is the book called Numbers? Where does that play into this whole equation? That's, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, and basically, the idea is that when they get ready to head for the promised land, they are going to have to conquer the land. There's people living there. And they weren't soldiers. They were slaves. Uh, how were they going to do that? And so part of what the book is all about is preparing them for that. And so there's, there's the numbering the group. Uh, so that they knew how many they had, so they knew uh, how many kids there were, how many adults there were, how many fighting men there were, uh, Mm -hmm. is an important part of that. But really, as much as anything, to to place them where they needed to be around the central uh, issue of the, the the tabernacle and God in their very midst. And so he, he numbers the people, and he says, okay, now, based upon that, we're going to separate you into your tribes, into your people groups, uh, with me at the very core. Mm-hmm. And so a very big part of that is, is that numbering, that uh, saying, okay, um, there's this many people, but more than that, here's, here's the various people of the different tribes, uh, the 12 tribes, and where you need to live. Uh, on a very practical basis, it, it helped them <laughs> accomplish right. what they needed to do. Um, but it also was was a way of um, God saying, I, I am preparing you to enter the promised land. Yeah. We get this, to your point, we get this counting of all the people in the various tribes of the, of the different tribes. And then he orients it around the tabernacle. And so we, we get in specific instructions of these people on this side and these people on this side and these people on this side, and right. orienting them first toward this worship of God that we talked about in Leviticus last week, um, but then also preparing them for this outfocus of this battle. They're mm-hmm. going to be organized and prepared to go in to conquer the land. So they get, they get numbered, they get all this. But again, this book is far more chapters than that should have taken place. So we get this original numbering of this first generation, and then we get this big middle section, basically chapters 11 right. through 25, where very much to your point, information laws and they break them. Information laws and they break them. Information laws and they break them. God is faithful. God is patient. They rebel. God is faithful. They rebel. And it's constantly going back and forth cycle until finally it culminates in you guys are going to wander the desert for 40 years. <laughs> yeah. we, need a, we need a do-over on this. We need another generation yeah. that's going to take, take a shot at this. And then we get a second numbering. At the end of the chapter, as we see the second generation prepared up, prepared to worship God, prepared to head in for war. And so we kind of see everything, like all these failings of the people sandwiched in between these two big numberings Mm -hmm. in the book of Numbers with the organization a bit that way. Okay, so if if that's kind of the structure and if that's what the book is trying to communicate, how do we go about reading this? Because this is not a prescription for the way you organize your church or where certain types of people should sit. That's not what we're talking about here. How do we read the book of Numbers? Well, one of the things we have to go back to is we have to go back to that event where the first time they had the opportunity to go into the land. 
Yeah. You know, if they had responded to um, the, the spies that went in and came back and they had said, we can do this, God has given us this land, the trip would have been very short. But yeah. it really, that's where we see the beginning of the issues that, that go throughout the rest of the book is when they decide, we don't want to do this, we're going back to Egypt. Yeah. And the rebellion that comes out of that kind of sets the tone for 40 years of, of just not figuring out what God had for them to do. And I think it really comes back to that uh, opportunity they had that was missed. Yeah. And I've, I heard something just recently that uh, the authors talked about the fact that, that God on occasion will allow us to live with the consequences of our actions. Mm. And we really see that with the people of Israel. They said, we don't want to go into the land. God says, okay, you'll <laughs> wander around in the wilderness for 40 years, and yeah. we'll let your kids do it instead. Well, and just listeners, for a little bit of perspective on the understanding, the book, the book of Numbers is 36 chapters long. They're first set to go into the land in chapter 12 and 13. That's how long the book should have been. That's how long the trip should have been. Right. Everything that follows after that in those last 20 chapters, 20 plus chapters, is the extra. It is. It is. And I mean, just time after, what a mess that, that 40 years is. I mean, you know, it would have been one thing if they would have said, okay, we're not quite ready. Let's go out, think about this a little more, and then they come back and get it right. But man, the 40 years is just one mistake after another. Mm. I mean, even to the point of, of Moses getting so frustrated that he destroys a picture that he was supposed to, supposed to give um, of, of Jesus Christ, uh, of striking the rock instead of, instead of speaking to it. And he ends up, based upon that, he doesn't even get to go yeah, into the yeah. promised land. Yeah. So it was a very, very difficult time. Um, and so coming back to that question of how do we read it, um, man, we need, we need to say, okay, how similar are we to, to the people there? You know, we have a tendency to be that same way. We don't learn from our mistakes, and we end up repeating the same mistake over and over again, and many times with more and more disastrous results. Mm. Um, and we need, we need to learn from their mistakes <laughs> so that we don't make the same ones, I think would be a, a super way to look at the book of, of Numbers. But if you begin looking at those spe- specific events in between chapter 12 and where we get to the next generation and, and the nu- next numbering, um, we, we really get back to what we talked about in Leviticus is the heart issue. Where yeah. is the heart is at? And all, yeah. that, all that they had been asked to do in Leviticus should have prepared them for this, and, and their hearts were, were not prepared. Yeah. Um, and disastrous results. A lot of people died in phenomenal, remarkable ways yeah. in, in the book of Numbers. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a PG-13 book, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, because of, of their responses. And we need to really say, am I, am I responding to God in the same way? Am I guilty of doing some of those things, same things? My heart yeah. is not soft to him. 
Well, in so many ways, it, it highlights what you were talking about last week, where the book of Leviticus is about dependence upon God, right? And the example we get right at the beginning, the people are numbered, they're ready to go in, and the 12 spies come back and they say, 10 of them say, we can't do it. Can't do it. They, they, they totally miss the point, and that, yeah. that initial lack of faith, dependence upon God, to him to take care of the giants and the issues in the land, results in this snowballing of all of these other rebellions where multiple mm-hmm. people get killed until this entire generation is gone, and they're ready to kind of start over and do over. So if, yeah. if you can synthesize all of that down into kind of one message, what is the message that Numbers is trying to communicate? first to the people of Israel that Moses is writing to, and then also to us. That we need to have a soft heart to what God desires of us and to understand that as a loving father, if he is asking us to do something, it's for our best. Mm. Um. And he had already said he wants them in the promised land. This is where he wanted them to be. This was going to be the culmination uh, of of this incredible trip. And they should have been ready to say, if that's where we're supposed to be, God will make it so we can get there. But we over and over again see them saying, we can't do it. No, they couldn't. That, that was true, but rather than rely on God, rather than having a soft heart to, to, God, what do you desire? What do you want us to do? How are you going to accomplish the work? Uh, they try over and over again to do it on their own. Yeah. And so Numbers is a, a tremendous study on uh, the tendency we have as, as human beings to do things on our own rather than allow God to accomplish what he needs to do to us and through us. Yeah, yeah. Good reminder, I'm sure, for all of us. Uh, now this, again, this may be another one of those that, that things don't initially come to the minds of our listeners as they're thinking through the book of Numbers, but where do we see Christ in all of this? How does the book of Numbers anticipate uh, the person and work of Jesus Christ? That's, that's a remarkable thing because with all of this wandering... If they had gone straight into the land, we wouldn't have those. But instead, we've got numerous places where where the person of Jesus Christ is seen Mm. in the way that God responds to the people. Um, It's it's just over and over again where if we look at the symbolism that is taking place there, um, you know, we... We referred some time ago to to the serpent that was lifted up. Uh, you know that that happens here, to where that is a, a perfect example uh, of of Jesus Christ being seen in that. We have Moses and his his response was a picture of Christ. All of all of these things we see over and over again were were pictures of the perfect Lamb. Were pictures of of the Messiah. Um, and so we really, if we, if we look for those pictures, we'll see them plastered all over the pages of number because they become so dependent uh, on the need of a savior, of somebody to save them from mm-hmm. themselves. And, and we're given picture after picture of Jesus Christ being the one that will do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, 
it's a downward spiral in many ways throughout the book of Numbers. We're going to see a we're going to see another downward spiral in the book of Judges here in yeah. a few weeks when we're going to talk yeah. about the book of Judges and that same idea of what what does man do apart from God's intervention? And and it mm-hmm. really is that reality. But for the grace of God, but for the work of Jesus Christ, this is humankind. Like yeah. this is mankind in our normal <laughs> acting exactly the way we would in in their situation. Right. Doing the exactly the same right. thing and be reminded of we need Christ, you know. Again, that incident with the serpents, you know, and, and looking up to the serpents, just replete with imagery, um, is helpful for us when we think about that going forward. Finally, on that subject, obviously talking about the personal work of Christ, you're talking about what that means for the Israelites. Then um, there's some significance for our own lives. What what is the significance for our walks with Christ today? There are times when when we see an event and we say, we can't do it. And at that point, we need to ask ourselves, is this something that God has for me to do? And that's, that's not an easy thing to determine sometimes. Other times, it's very easy to determine. Uh, and at those points where, where we are confronted with, God wants me to do this. We really can go back to numbers and say, okay, if, if I make the mistake of not responding, what's the next 40 years? I mean, not, mm. not literally, but, yeah. you know, what's, yeah. what's yeah. the future going to be like? Do I really want to um, rebel? Uh, because I've got a pretty good picture of what happens when God says, okay, you can live with, with the consequences of your actions, and we don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully, we don't, we don't have to live under the fear of that because the thing that we have that they didn't have is the finished work of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So it really does come back to that again of, of being able to truly appreciate and stand in awe of of the wonder of the finished work of Jesus Christ, mm. and that we don't have to go through those things, that we don't have to do that because the the example of Jesus Christ, the finished work of Jesus Christ would be a better way to say that has yeah. been accomplished for us. Yeah, he came to do the will of his Father. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's interesting, in one of my children's Bibles that I read to the kids, um, when talking about the story of, of God giving them King Saul that we'll talk about later in Kings and Chronicles and Samuel and the, that whole era of the kings, when you start off with this anointing of King Saul that the people so desperately wanted, God had warned them about kings. Anyway, the line is basically, be careful what you ask for, you just might get it. Right. And in some ways, that's a repeated thing that we've seen from here in Numbers. Like, God says, this is my plan. The people say, this is our plan, what we think should happen. And ironically, God goes, all right. Mm-hmm. If that's what you really want, you can wander in the desert for 40 years. If, that, right. if you think that's a better plan than mine, yeah, uh, be exactly. careful what you ask for. You just might, might get, get it. it. Um, it's always been a good reminder for me. Yeah. Well, listeners, hopefully that's an encouragement to you. Hopefully the book of Numbers has been an encouragement to you recently. Or if not, that it's something you maybe tackle here in the coming weeks, mm-hmm. coming months, as you think through what all is going on in this book, this constant reminder it is to us, um, how Moses is writing to this people, how he's giving them a sense for how they got to prepared to move into the promised land, why this generation was lost, how this incredible act of lack of faith 
in God's plan and in a trusting of him resulted in a whole generation passing away, a whole generation wandering around in the desert for 40 years, and how that should be such an encouragement to our own hearts to trust God's plan, even when it doesn't seem to make sense, even when the land we're moving into appears to be monsters, you know, filled with giants, and I'm sure they're going to eat us alive, uh, sort of thing. Um, Don't know what any one of us individually is facing. Obviously, there's some uncertainty moving forward for the church and a need to to trust God with what that future looks like as well. Um, Good reminder here from the book of Numbers and God's plan and God's purposes for us going forward. Any final thoughts or encouragements for our listeners from this book? Yeah. um, You know, as as you're wading through the 5,743 people from this tribe, the 9,374 people from this tribe, um, be reminded that, that God was doing that, preparing them for the work that they had ahead of them. Mm. And look at it from, from the standpoint of how God was was miraculously involved in preparing them for what lay ahead. He wasn't asking them to go in unprepared. He was giving them what they needed, still had to depend on him, but they had what they needed so that they could accomplish uh, what he wanted them to do, and that was to conquer the land and to move into the land where they were where they were supposed to live as a nation. Uh, and so if we can if we can not get stuck in the weeds, yeah. uh, we can see the examples that were given there that we can learn from, uh, and just the, the amazing pictures of Jesus Christ and how he um, steps into those, those inadequacies that we have, and he can take care of those. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Well, listeners, like I said, hopefully this has been an encouragement to you, and you look forward to your next read through the book of Numbers, maybe a little bit more than the last time you read through the book of Numbers as a result of this conversation. Um, I just want to remind you real briefly, though, that this coming Sunday, Tom will dive into Hebrews chapter 9. We'd love to have you join us at either our 9 o'clock or 1030 services for that message. I also want to give you the heads up on a couple of new things that are coming out. The Getting to the Heart of Parenting class will continue during that second hour service. The New Testament survey class will continue as well in the fellowship hall, but also the gentle and lowly study led by Gordon Opp will resume in room 21 this week. We'd love to have you join us um, as they're reading through that book, as we're reading through scripture, and what is God's heart for his people. There's there's an alignment of some of these themes that we're talking about. We also have the Faith Connect class going on in Room 1 this week. If you're new to the church, if you're unfamiliar with what it means to kind of be a part of Faith Bible Church, what are the first steps you can take as you engage with Faith Bible Church? We'd love to have you join us in Room 1 at 1030 for that Faith Connect class. I'll be in there. I'll be explaining a little bit of the information, the details you need to know to get plugged in at Faith, and I'd love to see you there for that as well. And that's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us on Midweek in the Word. If it's helpful to you, you can always share it, rate it, or comment on it to help other people find us. And we hope you join us again next week for Deuteronomy on Midweek in the Word. Thanks for taking time to join us for Midweek in the Word. To hear previous podcast episodes, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. To learn more about Faith Bible Church, please visit our website at www.faithbiblelincoln.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Faith Bible Lincoln or tweet us at FBC Lincoln. 
And now we leave you with these encouraging words from Hebrews 12. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith.